You have tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Danielson, we have another big episode of Televised Heroics this week. How are you feeling? Awesome about it. So much to talk about. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Let's talk about some news first. A very big one. We have to sit here and definitely look like we have egg on our face because last week we were not sitting there just talking it up about Garrett Dillahunt and Kevin Durant being Negan. And then what what does The Walking Dead go and do? They cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> I am and completely okay with this too because Jeffrey Dean Morgan is an amazing actor. Um, I was talking to someone else uh, last week also about the the casting, and they were they were happy with the casting, but the person they always thought should play is Ray Stevenson. You know who Ray Stevenson is? Um, Do you remember Punisher Warzone? Yes. Okay, so the guy who played the Punisher in that, if you look at him, he does look a lot like what how Negan is drawn. That is true, and uh, I I think I remember him from Dexter. He was one of the villains. So, but yeah, I did see uh, Punisher Warzone as well. That's actually pretty uh, yep. a pretty solid one. He, he also plays Volstagg on uh, in the Thor, in Thor movies. movies. Yep. All right, so I mean, he plays lots of things. So I mean, he would have been good, but I am definitely happy with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, good old. Papa John Winchester, <laughs> or the comedian, yes, from The Watchmen. And I love so, how we. And I saw that you. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. I was gonna say <laughs> earlier, uh, we just talked about in the earlier episodes of Televised Heroics, we talked about how he's just so underrated, and hopefully, you know, this is his time to shine, and you know, he gets more work done after after The Walking Dead. That would be that would be amazing. I mean, I'm I, I'm sure that he's uh, picky about the work that he does take uh, because he is a pretty damn good actor. So I don't know I don't know why he wouldn't be utilized more otherwise. Um, I did see that you posted on our Facebook page, Geek Elite Radio, that uh, who would win in a fight between Negan and uh, the comedian from The Watchmen. You pose that you pose that question to everybody. <laughs> I think uh, actually that was Franey who did it. Was it? I thought it was you. No. <laughs> well, okay then. Fine. Either way, who do you think would win in a fight? Straight up fight between the two of them. Uh, hands down, it would, I would have to give it to the comedian. <laughs> I I I what I put too. I put the comedian. I mean, you think about it. I like I said I I have not read any Walking Dead, uh, so I don't know anything really about Negan, but I do know he has a baseball bat and he has a bunch of followers, but the comedian has the U.S. government behind him, so 
I'm going to say he's, he's a little bit more powerful. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, other other than that, I didn't really see too much news that uh, we can talk about right now without spoiling other things that we're going to be talking about in this episode. So I am ready to go if you're ready to I'm go. I'm ready to go. So then we hit that Gotham note in three, two, one. Gotham starts off with a crazy ass fever dream wedding. I know, man, and I was I was like, <laughs> "What's going on with this?" <laughs> Barbara is pretty fucking out there. I think at this point, um, I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, man, she's completely lost it. <laughs> but uh, when she wakes up from her dream, I mean, it, it shows in the dream it's her and Gordon. And they're getting married, and uh, she sees a bunch of people in the in the altar in the pews. But then it turns out to be a, a bunch of uh, other inmates from Arkham. So she kind of she's. She's losing it, and then she wakes up, and Gallivan basically tells her today's a big day for her. She is going to uh, get to kill Gordon today. You know what? Uh, do, was there a preacher in that wedding scene? Uh, yes, it was. Th- it was Gallivan. Gallivan was playing the preacher. I thought he was playing the organs. Oh crap! You're right. Uh, I don't know who it was then. Would have been awesome if they brought Jerome back just so he could be that preacher. <laughs> oh, that would have been nice. And yeah, then she wakes up from the dream and she gets a gift from Galvan. And what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> what was in the box? The wedding dress. The wedding dress. The very, very nice wedding dress. She, uh, you know, and that's it comes into play later. She tells. She uh like it was a a big clue for Bullock. And he's I have she has the wedding dress. She had the the place rented out or ready to go, and it tells him right where to find uh, Gordon later. And we're jumping ahead. Um, so she goes and turns herself in GCPD. Very reminiscent of the last time she showed up GC the J- GCPD headquarters and led uh, Gordon away so that uh, Jerome and the other maniacs could kill. Half the police force. Yep, but this time was completely but, different. <laughs> that's right. But but what? Uh, Leslie's like sits there and says, "I can't believe she's doing this again." And uh, they take her into a interrogation room to. And Gordon's gonna have to interrogate her. And not much of that happens. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't really get too many questions in. He. Uh, he, he I don't know. I mean. You can either say that he was doing good police work or bad detective work, and he said he felt something, or he didn't feel something, but he he felt he knew that she wasn't going to talk unless he did something, and what's he end up doing? He ends up kissing her. <laughs> <laughs> As Tompkins is watching. Tompkins? Well, everybody's watching through on the other side of the glass. It's, it's very awkward. It was a very awkward kiss, too. Yeah. And doesn't she say, oh, what did she say to him? Oh, I missed you or something like that? And that's, you know, what makes him pretty much kiss her? Yeah, something to the, that that line, that effect. So 
it was it was a very awkward exchange. But then she basically says, "Look, I will tell you everything uh, if you go with me to a certain place. Uh, you let me take you someplace." And uh, he 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 okay's it basically. He gets he gets Barnes to okay it. Um, so the idea is that he she's gonna lead them to. Uh, Galavan and proof that Galavan is behind everything. Even though every time Gordon brings up Galavan, she she plays uh, she plays dumb. She does like she doesn't know what he's talking about or who that guy is or what what's going on. Yep. And um, and then we jump to basically, isn't it Galavan? You know, trying to persuade Bruce to sign over the company. It's true, and he says the big the big nail in the coffin for him trying to persuade Bruce to sign over the company to him is that he knows who the murderer is of Bruce's parents. And I was thinking, because of the fact that we've really kind of just dropped that whole storyline of who killed the Waynes, what if Theo was the killer? I mean, it would make sense. That's what I was thinking as well, especially the way, you know, he was talking to Bruce, trying to manipulate him. I honestly feel like it is him. I mean, it's it's very good. I mean, the one clue we have is that he had very nice shoes. Yep. And so... Who has very nice Theo shoes? Gallivan would... Exactly. He has very nice everything, like clothing-wise. So uh, it would make a lot of sense for him to be the killer. So I, I think that's an interesting... Um, possibility or theory but we all know from reading the comics that you know using good detective detective work 20 years later bruce finds out who the killer really is who joe chill yes <laughs> let's hope that they keep that part i don't understand what the whole nice shoes would have to do or anything like that but we'll have to see uh another another subplot of this of this episode was the riddler the riddler is trying to hide Miss Kringle's body. Now, why didn't he just uh, use the lie and put it down the drain like he did the last body? Clogging up the drains? <laughs> I guess. I mean, that, that would be uh, an interesting reason why, but I just... Uh, I don't know. It seemed like a really... But then again, he ended up making that whole picnic for her, so you could say maybe he still has this romantic feeling towards her and he wanted to do something different with her body. Yeah, necrophilia. No kidding. Uh, that's a very good chance that could have happened. <laughs> but I mean, during that scene, after you know he's giving that little monologue to her, who comes up behind him? <laughs> it's just some one random fucking hunter. <laughs> it was so funny. Like he just—is that supposed to be a riddle? Oh man! And Riddler's just like, oh man, I got to deal with this now. And bam, shovel over the side of the head. Which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Uh, and then he walks away. He, he That body falls in and he, I mean, I guess he, he feels, he says something about having to go get. Um, he has to make him smaller. Right, he has to make the pieces smaller. He has to go cut them up. So he's going to get his instruments, but that was, okay. So that there's that. And then. Now we go back to the Gordon uh, part of the storyline. Now, 
they get her into the car and they say, let's head downtown. Every time I've ever heard of the police station, it's already downtown. <laughs> so where are they going downtown? Further downtown? Another downtown? That one really was like, I don't get that. <laughs> Who knows the heart of downtown downtown? <laughs> well, okay. I, I guess we'll have to leave Gordon to Gotham City and uh, Gotham City to Gordon. So, uh, On their way to, obviously, it's a trap. Everybody knows it's a trap. Um, Bullock even says, hey, it's probably a trap. And Gar- Gordon tells her, we know this is a trap. But... Even though everybody knows it, what happens? She's able to get them isolated from the rest of the the GCPD and hit by a Mack truck. And the car completely flips over. Straight up T-boned by a (laughs) Mack truck. Like, I'm sitting here like, um, I don't think that's exactly, I don't think anybody would actually live (laughs) from this, that hit. Uh... You let alone Gordon, because he is on the side that the Mack truck hits. Not wearing a seatbelt. Not wearing a seatbelt, and uh, uh, Barbara is in the back seat, also not wearing a seatbelt. But she's the first one to wake up, of course, and gets out and walks away. And uh, uh, Gordon tries to go out. Well, does he go try to go after her? No, he's still just knocked out in the, in the back seat. He tries to run right? away, and he threatens to shoot Bab- oh. uh, Barbara. Right, but he can barely see, he can barely walk. So then he gets taken captured, and Bullock is left to try and figure out what happened. Even though they never show Bullock escaping? Right, that's true. I I just assume they they left him there, and he just woke up eventually. He's like, I don't know, I feel like, you know, he would compromise the whole operation. Why let him live then? (laughs) I don't know. That's... (laughs) I obviously they're they're not thinking straight. They're criminals. <laughs> oh man! So we get to the we get to the wedding, and uh, Barbara has got Gordon strapped to a uh, wheelchair. Yep. Yep, and and she is ready to have the the wedding she was kind of dreaming about, and. Gordon, of course, is protesting. He doesn't want to be there, and you know, cut cut to cut to the end of it. He says he's not going to do it, but then she wills out Leslie, and she's our, also kidnapped Leslie. So she says, "If you don't do what I say, I'm going to kill her." And there, she tries to bring out the darkness in Gordon. Right. I thought it was weird. So this is where we get Bullock uh, having to figure out uh, where Gordon has been taken and. He figures it out because Barbara had had talked about a wedding, and he uh, he he for some reason knew uh, where G- Barbara would have had. Oh, because there was a church near where the accident yeah. was, so that's probably where the, he would take she would take him. So they all went there, and as they're busting in, uh, Barbara has a gun pointed at Leslie. Right. Yes. So I'm sitting there like. Why doesn't she just pull the trigger when she knows everything is up? Like, the you know, she's done for. Why doesn't she kill Leslie right then? She still has feelings for Gordon? Uh, even I don't know, even though that would hurt him a lot if she did kill Tompkins? I don't know. I don't know. Like, there was a lot, there was a lot of weird things happening in this episode, so... 
and uh, they have a shootout at the cathedral. And I mean, fucking, even Gordon, he had a perfect shot at, at Barbara, and he didn't even take it. Right, exactly. So that's you know, there's a lot of emotions, I guess, running around in this episode. Um, in my notes, I have a wow alive written down. I don't know who, who was did someone re- was someone revealed to be alive? Oh, there you go. It was the the mayor, Mayor James. Oh yeah. I couldn't believe that he was actually alive because that was the one thing Barbara let slip that she had that Mayor James was down on China docks or something like that. That you're still alive. So he told he told Barnes and Barnes went got the rest of the cops to go over there and look for him and he's there and they asked who did this to him and he says who do you think or something like that which then they they leave it right there they don't uh, tell you who he says so. I don't know if he's actually going to say Galavan, because uh, we know that that's who it was, but we also know that uh, Galavan's sister, whatever, I, I always forget what her name is, um, can knows how to do mind control over people, or uh, brainwashing, I should say. Yeah. And he was tortured for a very long time. And, I mean... Well, yeah, because she did it on Butch, so yeah, she can do some sort of mind control. But I mean, I think, I think Mary Jane's was referring to Theo. You think yeah. so? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to find out. Um, last, last but not least, the Riddler uh, sees that someone ate off his plate, and then he follows a trail of blood. And where does that trail of blood end at? It ends up being in a little motorhome. A little, like, uh, yeah, RV motorhome, and who comes popping out but the penguin. Say, please help me. Apparently, (laughs) please help me. It was like, I was, I couldn't believe it was the penguin and the Riddler going to be, like, almost a team up. It's kind of (laughs) weird. I I mean, that's pretty much what happens in this episode. It moves the story along with uh, Barbara, maybe with Theo. We'll see, oh, we forget that Bruce um, did not sign the papers to give Galavan the the company, even though he was very tempted with the whole uh, finding out the ki- the the killers or his the killer of his parents. Oh, so I mean, I guess that is where they told him that or James did tell him that Galavan did it because they that's why they busted into Galavan's apartment. Yep, and that he threw the papers in the fireplace. And uh, pretty much Bruce gets devastated. Did you think uh, that that scene between Bruce and Alfred actually moved moved me? That was very. It was one of the best scenes I I've seen so far. That's you know that was well acted. Uh, it was it was a really good scene with uh, Sean Pertwee. He did he does an amazing job as Alfred. I believe uh, the kid who plays Bruce. He's he's coming along. He's very much so. Uh, I would like to see a couple more years down the line how he ends up being. If it happens, I mean, it, if it happens, I mean, I'm not talking about just as Bruce Wayne. I just mean in general as an actor. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he might develop into something else. We might see him in other shows or movies. Yeah, I, I mean, he definitely could have a career in, in in movies. He just, you know, when he's just new, so eventually he could be a great actor. So, so yeah, like I said, that's <laughs> uh, 
pretty much all I have for this episode. Did you have something else you wanted to talk about? Only thing that really pissed me off is uh, who the hell runs in a wedding dress, tries to stab someone, and how do bushes magically save you? Uh, when you're Barbara Gord or Barbara uh, Keene in Gotham, that's how all those things happen. <laughs> God, that was so stupid. <laughs> yeah she uh takes that tumble off of there and then oh apparently the bushes saved her that was kind of ridiculous so agreed yeah well i mean like i'm I'm guessing they decided just to keep the character around to see what happens maybe even after the fall she might become better she might become not sick anymore and and her memory of the time she was with galavan will have been erased. I could see them playing that storyline. Uh, so she's going to wonder why. Like, it might even go back to the point where before the the ogre took her. So she w- won't even understand why she's in prison kind of thing. That's true. Hmm. Which give, then gives a reason for uh, Gordon to fall in love with her again because she's not the same person. You know, she was sick before, kind of thing. Cheesy storyline, cheesy love love yeah. story. <laughs> That's right. That's what we get. Anything else? Any other theories you want to bring up? I pretty much think we covered it all. Yeah, that was. It was a lot of things happening in that episode, but not a lot of uh, pertinent things. I would say. I'll agree. I'll give it to you. So, okay then, I guess that takes us to the next thing is Supergirl. And, oh, I actually, um, I've I've noticed on a lot of shows I've actually been doing this, uh, but I actually like the fact that I picked up exactly where the last episode ended. It really did. It, it, It picks up right with the interview that she gave at the end of the last episode. So, it's, the, this episode's kind of, has a little bit of the fallout from that, you know, why would Supergirl, you know, do this interview? Why, uh, uh, what is the information that she told her? And then, and then she even tells her, I'm Superman's cousin. And then, bam, that's the big fucking lead in the story. And this whole episode just revolved around that stupid interview. It, it, it really did. And it, it revolves around her attitude towards the whole thing. Because she doesn't want to be the person stuck. She doesn't want to be the, she doesn't want to be Supergirl stuck in Superman's shadow. She doesn't want everything that has to do with her to be about him. And, I mean, it's uh, obviously, I understand what they're doing with the storyline, but it's going to happen. You took the name Supergirl. You have the same powers. He showed up first. So it's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yep, and I I have a feeling that's what the first season is all going to be about, just living under Superman's shadow. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening, so... Uh, but also, I have it serves as character. De- oh, go uh, ahead. I was gonna say it also serves as character development, I guess. Right, and she's just very much so. It's gonna be um, a lot of her trying to grow as a person and as a hero or as a protector, so to say. So I could say I could see her eventually not worrying about that that image so much and just doing what she needs to do. But that's probably down the line. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, my one of my big things is secret identities, and we tend not to worry about them in these shows not to, enough. You know what I mean? So, 
I don't know. Okay, I don't know if Kara. Okay, I don't. I don't know how to say this, but Kara ha- knows knows that Clark Kent is Superman. Jimmy knows that Clark Kent is Superman. Has Kara told her sister Alex? I don't think. Wait, she, Alex has to know because Superman dropped off Kara. Yeah, but the, but not Clark Kent. Clark Kent didn't drop off Kara. That's true. So I don't know. And but but Jimmy just goes right out and lets it, it go in front of the other guy, the guy that is usually vying for Kara's affection. Yeah. And and he's like Clark Kent is Superman. It's like right there. I couldn't believe you would <laughs> say that. You know. This is you're supposed to be his best friend, and and you just let a big piece of his secret out. I know they just blurted out, and they're like, "Ah, crap! What did we do?" And he just keeps going. Oh my god, Clark Kent is Superman! Clark Kent is Superman! <laughs> just, yeah, it almost makes me think that you know he's not going to be able to keep the secret either. Yeah, I don't think he will be able to. He's a you know you have to kill him now. It was, <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I don't know. So, what do you think of the TV wall behind Cat Cat Grant? It kind of reminds you of the TV wall that Ozymandias had in uh, Watchmen. Yeah, but see, at least that wall has actually different things playing on each TV. Hers has like four different things just playing on random TVs. So it's I don't see the point of it. Like it it pisses me off every time they they do a shot with it there. I don't know. Uh, I guess, you know, it's just the TV wall is doing all the pop culture stuff, I guess, so she knows what to write about or what to gossip about. I I, I get it, but why, like, literally the same program on four different TVs? Oh, I didn't realize it was the same program. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing because they didn't want to create more content to, that they would have to put on loop behind her and stuff like that. But it just, I just say get rid of the whole wall in general. It's just an eyesore to me and it pisses me off. So that was just my random rant for this episode. <laughs> oh, I want to say, okay, so in the beginning of the episode when she encounters Reactron and she busted his suit, why didn't she just follow him? And take him down. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, maybe she was just too overwhelmed with the fight that she was doing. I don't know. That I, I don't know why she did. If you call that a fight, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's just what this show is sometimes. And uh, have you ever heard of Reactron before? I'd never heard of no. him. No. Apparently, he almost killed yeah. Superman. <laughs> Apparently, according, to, I was like sitting there looking at this character and the way that he looks, um, because his mask was metal, but it kind of looks like a skull. I thought it was like Atomic Skull or something, but Atomic Skull is from the Marvel <laughs> universe, so I was like, that can't be right. So apparently, it was Reactron, and that just seemed weird. And uh, his suit was, I don't know, kind of um, War Machine-ish with um, the same thing I, as Whiplash yeah, in the may- chest. I was going to say, it made me think of Whiplash a lot. Uh, I don't know. Sloppy writing. That's why she didn't chase after him. 
<laughs> that's it's the only reason why it's it's for uh it's plot development basically um lord so maxwell lord we have more of a of of him in this episode than anything else and they're really making him because he's not like how the maxwell lord in the comic books really he, they're making him more like lux luther yeah that's what i noticed too He's kind of a genius engineer, uh, physicist, mechanical genius. Playboy billionaire. Businessman. <laughs> yeah, something like that. One of those words. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's Lex Luthor with hair. So <laughs> it was kind of weird to watch him do this where he's telling them, you know, oh, well, I can tell you how to do this. and it's, I'm, I'm much smarter than you, blah, blah, blah. And then Reactron just busts in and says, I need you to... Fix my suit for me, or whatever. <laughs> but then he also takes, he, like, because Reactron uh, goes to take one of his workers first, and he says, look, I'm much more smart than that guy. I'm much smarter than that guy. You want to take me instead. He volunteers us tribute. So he threw himself. Yeah, he volunteers himself. That was, oh, he volunteers for tribute. <laughs> oh, man. And he gets kidnapped, and he has a couple of demands in order to fix the suit. And a Dr. Pepper, because he's thirsty. and we need the money for the commercials for the show (laughs) product placement (laughs) yep uh so i mean he ends up doing it and uh eventually uh kara shows up to to save him and uh once again she battles with reactron and gets her ass handed to her and uh, who has to step in to save the day? Superman! Here I come to save the day! Oh, wait, that's Mighty Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> did that cameo... I mean, even though it's a silhouette, did that cameo get in the way for you? No. I don't think so. I mean, it's funny that you still... I mean, we know it's Superman, and they even say Superman later, but you don't see any of the iconic uh, imagery of Superman. You don't, we still don't get to see a face... So it's they're keeping it very uh, close to the vest. Who they're eventually, eventually, if they end up having someone cameo as Superman, could we? So we're we're gonna get an older Superman. Yeah, maybe it's somewhere down the line we could have an older actor play Superman. Um, she's what twenty four, so our Superman would be thirty nine in that universe. Oh shit. Is that how it works? Yeah, it's 15, 15 years. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so two two things I've... Re- okay, I guess... Yeah, two things have really been bothering me so far the show. The girl that plays uh, Supergirl, Melissa Benoit... Uh-huh. I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like she has the same facial expressions, and it's starting to annoy me. <laughs> she is very uh, happy and peppy a lot. And whenever the other the other facial expression she usually has to do is upset, so it's either super happy or upset. I mean, there's no in between with this character right now. Uh, she is a new young actress, so you know maybe give it time. She'll find her way with this character. Uh, the writers have to stay very much in the line of the Kara that we have uh, seen in the comic books. I think for right now. So, we have to wait to see where they take this character, I think. I agree. 
the other thing is how has the boss not figured out that Kara is fu- uh, Supergirl? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like I, I've always said I can see why no one can tell why Superman and, and, and Clark Kent are the same person. Because when he's wearing his oversized clothes and he's wearing the, the glasses and he slunches over, he looks like a different person to me. Um, obviously that's a lot of the drawing, but if you go back to the old, uh, Christopher Reeve Superman, I think you can, you can see where Christopher Reeve makes the decision to make Clark Kent look different than Superman. I, I think a lot in this episode, especially the, 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 the shot, the very scene when they're at the party, the magazine party, and she's standing in front of the cover that has Supergirl on it, and she's wearing her hair up and her glasses on and... You know, uh, she doesn't look. I mean, they, I, I could see where some people might not see it. Well, yeah, right there, she looks completely different. But I mean, you look at this person every single day. <laughs> well, I think that's the point they're trying to say is that Cat Grant doesn't even look at Kara every day. She just sees Kara as a as a thing that she walks past that gets her her coffee every morning. True. Yeah. So I, I think it was very. Um, it's a. It's an interesting – if they were going this deep, it's an interesting comment on society and cl- and social classes. Uh, okay. I'll give it to you. <laughs> if they were doing that. If not, then I just totally gave them uh, <laughs> a much deeper plot to go for. Hey, hey. We said it first, so, you know, we could sue. <laughs> you could sue. <laughs> uh, next thing. We find out that Jimmy had a relationship with Lois's sister back in Metropolis. Lucy Lane. That's right. Lucy Lane has made, made an appearance. The, the Played by the actress who's the wife to Channing Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she goes from one very gorgeous man to another very gorgeous man. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know I don't know what to put there. What to say there. Um... But yeah, that was the that was an, another wrench in the love life that is Supergirl. So uh, at, at one point it seemed like because she in the episode uh, Jimmy calls Superman to help Kara because he was very he was afraid for her and she gets very upset with it because she wants to be able to do this on her own and not live in the shadow of Superman like we said earlier. Uh, so she kind of kicks Jimmy out of her life for that moment and uh, obviously the way that they're portraying the storyline she pays more attention to the other boy in her life the other man in her life that wants to show her affection and she dances with him at the party and it's kind of the it's almost like uh pretty in pink it's it, that's her ducky what did you yeah i mean what do you think of that whole love triangle well, um, this is also my notes for, for Arrow, but stupid love triangles are stupid. I do feel like they're used way too often in uh, story writing now. I mean, one of the biggest, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not saying that I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't like the Twilight movies. I never read the Twilight books, but <laughs> you couldn't have been anywhere in America and not know about the fucking Team Jacob and Team... Edward, Edward. <laughs> fucking bullshit. So, 
since then, I mean, I, I know love triangles have been in stories long before that, but it seems like I see them popping up in every story since then all the time now. So It's what the teenagers want, man. It's because you don't know my emotions. You don't know how I feel. Exactly. Now, my biggest problem with this episode comes at the very end, which goes with my biggest problem in all of these shows. Listen up, people. Secret identities are important. They keep your loved ones safe. Don't be IMing your your cousin on an unencrypted server that will tell that and then call each other Superman and Supergirl and when it has your name Kara <laughs> and Clark Kent on there. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did you think? I mean, they're sitting there typing away. Oh, how was your day? Oh, it was it was a little rough. Okay, you know. You didn't have to save me. Well, I'll make sure I don't do that again next time. And I'm like, okay, up until this point, all the, this conversation could be very vague. It doesn't really say anything. And then eventually she says, what's it like being Superman or whatever, you know? <laughs> it's like, god damn it, no! <laughs> no! Couldn't she have called or texted or something? <laughs> I, do they even need to? Don't they have super hearing? Couldn't they have just whispered to themselves and heard it? <laughs> I don't think of that. <laughs> they have the ultimate I aming in secret. Oh man, uh, ridiculous! So okay, that's those. That's my issues with this episode. Other than that, uh, once oh, again, uh, oh, go ahead. Hank Hangshaw. Uh, yes, Henshaw. When we saw the the red eyes again. Yeah. Because he figured out that Alex was doing something that she was not supposed to be doing. She's helping uh, Kara fight a bad guy that's not an alien. Because the DEO only deals with alien threats. Which is kind of stupid in my in my opinion, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> it's very stupid. <laughs> I mean... Once again, like she's he's sitting there telling Kara, no, you can't go after this guy. He's not an alien. He's not something we have to deal with. I would be like, she, or he even says, the DEO doesn't deal with things like this. And I would have been like, okay, well, that's great. I'm Supergirl. I don't work for the DEO. I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting, yes. That he, he, uh, once again, you know, it's kind of like a... a I get this very much this Harrison Wells season one flash from Hank Henshaw. He's sitting there helping and doing as much as he can, but those red eyes make mean something else that he, he might be evil. He might be up to something. I know, and that's all I can think of is just, oh my god, it's going to go back to the flash. He's going to be evil. Oh god, what's going to happen now? <laughs> Does that mean next season we're going to get another Hank Henshaw that's just a dick and not evil? <laughs> <laughs> From Earth 2, I guess? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like I said, like, the episode overall, frustrating, because I have a real problem with secret identities. Um, other than that, it's okay. It's kind of par for the for the show so far. I haven't really seen anything that really wowed me of this, of this uh, show so far. I don't know about you. It's kind of very by the numbers monster of the week kind of thing uh i mean 
I no, I can't say that because I was saying it's the first season. It's not gonna be action packed. You know, it's not gonna catch our attention. But I was like, wait, never mind. The Flash and Arrow did that with their first season. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's got its action. It's it's it. Every episode has had a fight scene of some sort. It's it's just the. It's just nothing has wowed me yet, I guess. That's all I can say. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for something cool. Same here. That will take us into Arrow, then. What did you think of this episode, Daniel? Stupid love triangles are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? This was a resolution to the love triangle. This was uh, the return of Ray Palmer, you know? We had... uh, Felicity is not so much in love with Ray again. It's just that she feels the she feels a lot of guilt, and that she should. I've already said this in earlier episodes. She uh, already started like leaving Ray before she left Ray for 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 Ollie. So uh, she even says it in the episode. Ollie was asking for help for a long time after I thought he was dead. And I, if I wouldn't have been gone away with you to the middle of Ivy Town, I would have been able to get his message and probably saved him from being captured by Damien Dark. Yeah, and that sparked him. Well, Ollie was actually very, very passive in this episode. He didn't argue with her at all. He was just like, okay. He was, he was super passive, and I even said something about this is a happy Ollie. Like, even to the point where he and Dig are having drinks, he's like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I think I'm doing everything right. And he's got a smile on his face the whole time. Think about Ollie from season one and season two. Even most of season three. Smiles didn't happen on that Ollie's face. Nope. <laughs> he was a grumpy cat. <laughs> yes, exactly. A grumpy cat with an arrow. <laughs> so, yeah. we uh, you know he. I thought this was a very interesting uh change of character and i wonder i would really love to pick steven amell's brain about having to change the the way that he comes at ollie now because uh, there was so much anger in ollie for the first two seasons eventually the third season and now he's supposed to be really happy and and just trying to make things work it's it's really different for his character well i mean he wasn't that happy when he had the argument with uh with officer lance when he was having the argument about Working with Damien Dark, but I'll just throw it out there. Oh yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he because Ollie, yeah, Ollie doesn't know what uh, that Damien had uh, hold over uh, Lance. But even still, it's not like he would have in the earlier seasons. He would have held that grudge for like four episodes. <laughs> Later on in that episode, he he says, "Okay, well at least I can use you." Now to try and get closer to the Damien Dark, and that's what's gonna get him killed, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, more than likely, yes. <laughs> I don't want him to die, but then again, we don't know if he dies. But I don't want him to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, the beginning of the episode is Ollie meeting with uh, his campaign manager, and the campaign manager uh, is trying to basically ends up hitting on uh, Thea, yeah. asking her out. And, you know, she's in a weird place because she still knows about the rage she has in her because of the Lazarus Pit. And I imagine, you know, there's a little bit of uh, Roy still left in her heart. But his name is Alex. Have you caught a last name for him? Is he anybody in the comic books? 
I don't know. I mean, I might not be paying that close attention, but yeah, I don't know if I got a last name so far. Yeah, I, I you know I didn't pay attention either, and I didn't really think that his character would be all that important. So that maybe that's not why I, why I didn't uh, catch his last name. But now the fact that he might be dating Thea, I kind of wonder if he's someone in the comic books. Uh, we'll have to keep watch on him. I think. I agree. Oh, one uh, before we go any further. Um... At the very, very beginning of the episode, uh, when they recap, you know, the explosion at uh, at Palmer Industries, when he was shrinking down, it looked a lot like the Ant-Man uh, when he was stuck in that uh, little universe when he shrunk down. Yeah, I mean, and that's you're going to get that because, uh, you know, the company wants, doesn't want you to think about them being different because that movie did really well over the summer. So. Yes. You know, DC can be like, oh, well, we had the guy shrink down way before, you know, <laughs> like earlier in the year before Ant-Man did. But they don't want you to differentiate between the two because that movie did so well. So it's – it's it, and yeah, I think you're right. And it, once again, it's it's shrinking down. There, He even has – Roy later on – or Ray, I'm sorry. Ray Palmer has a story about him fighting with uh, – a cockroach the size of cocker spaniel when he shrunk down. So <laughs> yes. it very much brings you uh, brings imagery in your brain about uh, Ant Man fighting with ants or you know talking to ants or being around ants. So I you they it's the shrinking down ability. There's not much more that you can do. Yeah. Besides his uh, blasters, does he also have super strength? Well, I mean. I, that's one thing from the comic books. Ant-Man, for all I remember, Ant-Man was the one that had the atomic punch. The one where they, they do that – or not Ant-Man, I'm sorry. Adam had the atomic punch. Ant-Man did it in his movie where uh, you kept he kept his density in his, his fists and stuff so that even though he was shrunk down, he would punch someone. So it was like uh, a, them being hit with a bullet or whatever. That yep. came from Adam. Adam had the atomic punch where his density stayed the same. So when he was, even though he was small, he could still punch somebody with the force of his larger self. Okay. So he he doesn't necessarily have super strength, but it is kind of a super strength when he's smaller. Now adding in this Iron Man like suit that <laughs> the Adam has, uh, yeah, he can fly around. He can shoot blasts he can probably have super strength too so uh i don't know <laughs> we'll have to watch we'll have to watch him on legends of tomorrow yeah so when uh what's curtis meets ollie for the first time in this episode he's walking up to him and and curtis is sitting there talking to himself like you're married he's straight you're married he's straight you're married he's straight <laughs> we get it he's attractive Stephen Amell is an attractive man, uh, but then he goes on to put his hand over Ollie's eyes to say, you know, you kind of look like the arrow, but your jaw's not right. And uh, I want to sit... What, what were we going to say? And then he goes, yeah, that's what I tell everyone. But what do you mean his jaw's not right? His jaw is right because he doesn't do anything to his jaw when he's... Uh, walking around as the, as Green Arrow, it's the same jaw. So his jaw is right. 
I could see it if he puts on like some prosthetic makeup over his jaw when he becomes the Green Arrow to make it look different, but he doesn't. Maybe, I don't know, man. Maybe it has to do with the hood covering it and makes it look, I don't know, different. I don't know. <laughs> I just think it was a weird line to throw in there is basically what I'm saying. They could have said other things and being like, oh, you're, uh, you know, you're not tall enough or you're not, uh, you're not beardy enough. <laughs> just that would have been a good one. <laughs> right? That would have been good. Uh, so that, that line kind of got to me. I thought it was weird. Lazy writing will be lazy writing. <laughs> exactly. Felicity's mom shows up in the most inappropriate times. <laughs> it's true. And that's the, one of the only people that we're keeping the, keeping the secret from of who Green Arrow is or that Ollie is actually Green Arrow. She would so, blab it to the world. She probably would, but that's, you know, that's the one... That's the reason why we bring her in because we can have that storyline where she oh we have to oh man we have to keep it secret from the one person you know uh, which it, it's just it's just I think hilarious um, <laughs> Oliver so the whole Olicity, uh storyline Felicity and Oliver together we have basically Felicity kind of coming down on Oliver being that he's not smart enough to be her boyfriend multiple times in this episode multiple times she sits there like oh what are you gonna build it uh do you understand these schematics do you know what you're gonna do here and he's just like uh i can help in other ways i don't know if you know this i'm the green arrow you know i mean (laughs) (laughs) i shoot people with arrows i can help you but no she just very much throws it in his face a bunch of times that he's not ray in this episode that would have hurt me so bad, man. I would have been so upset about it. He just let it go. Every time. And that's what I'm talking about. This is a happier Ollie that doesn't brood over stuff. And this is what, I mean, I guess this is what we were talking about. I was talking about, you know, a less broody Ollie this season. So, uh, I'm getting it. Maybe he's less Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll be... Continue to be happy, Ollie, and then we'll get the Oliver that we want from the comics. <laughs> well, I mean, we can, we still get broody Ollie in the in the back flashes or the flashbacks. Yeah. So, which brings uh, brings this uh, up? I felt like all the all of the flashbacks fell flat, except for the very first one when he's like, "Oh, Constantine said that this place was magical," and I was like, "Oh, they're gonna talk about it the whole episode. Awesome." No. Nope. <laughs> but it just brings into the idea that this uh, Strider guy, uh, that's his name, right? Strider? Or is it Ryder? I think it's Ryder. Okay, this Ryder guy is, uh, you know, very much into the magics. He knew what to do to get past the barrier or whatever he needed to do. Um, yeah, the, the, the flashbacks weren't much. I don't exactly know uh, what they're going. They're They're basically getting this guy to turn... On Ollie, which he already is, so it's it's just causing tension between the two of them. Basically, that's all they're doing in the flashbacks. Which seems I don't know. Pointless. So, yeah, we get uh, Felicity is learns that you know Ray is being held captive, and two times in this episode she's 
complaining about Ray uh, being stuck in a small size. First time she says he's the size of a tater tot. Second time she says he's the size of a Cheeto. Cheeto. Why does she have food stuck on her brain? Like, why could she not come up with anything else? It's like, he's the size of a match car. You know, he's the size of a, a, a paper doll. I don't know. But she said food. Junk food, nonetheless, both times. I know. Well, I mean, Ollie said, like, you look terrible. You haven't eaten or had food in a couple of days. Or bathe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that's okay, the so first ma- thing you told me. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's just so hungry. That's all she can think about is raise the size of a Cheeto. Or, you know, she's emphasizing something else. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh. <laughs> so... The, okay, so once they figure out what they need to do to save Ray, they need to put together a machine that would that will allow him to size back up to his normal size. And the only place they can get the key component that they need is Cord Industries. Cord Industries as in Ted Cord as in the Blue Beetle. Oh shit, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> That's right, and which the funny thing is, is that when they originally were pitching the idea for uh, Brandon Routh's character to come in last season, it was supposed to be Ted Cord, not Ray Palmer the Atom. So the fact that they changed it to Ray Palmer, I assume, is because they wanted to they wanted to catch the the Ant Man thing before Marvel put out their movie, but. Um, for whatever reason, they're bringing Ted Cord, at least his name, into this the series this season. Maybe it's to set up that you know the Blue Beetle movie might happen with Booster Gold. Yeah, I don't think that's what they would be setting up. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. I, I I'll be happy with it, but I, I'm just saying they've very much so said that the the TV universe and the movie universes will not be uh, in the same world. That's right, and I forgot about that. So, uh, we would we could just possibly getting a Ted Cord Blue Beetle or Blue Beetle Booster Gold in the TV universe, which could be awesome. Blue, Booster Gold is very much involved with uh, Rip Hunter in the comic book, so uh, Rip Hunter is going to be in Legends of Tomorrow. Maybe they'll show up there. Could be a possibility. Now, one of the big weird things for this, they have to go and steal this component from Cord Industries. They bring along five people to steal one thing. Why so many people? It's ridiculous. Because a lab, I don't know, manufacturer uh, factory is going to be heavily guarded. I mean, this one ended up being heavily guarded, but still, you need the, you need Green Arrow, Red Arrow, uh Diggle, at this point, still doesn't have a code name. Black Canary and Black Canary, all <laughs> to bring to to steal one item. Like it was ridiculous. I I was sitting here like, what is going on? They have a gang coming to steal this thing. <laughs> you forgot. And of it course, a, I was going to say you forgot. It's not Arrow. It's Chatty Kathy. Oh, that's right. She changed his name to Chatty Kathy because she, he talks way too much to his to her mother. <laughs> but uh I mean obviously they did all that so that we could get we could show Sarah going crazy and almost beating that guy to that's that security guard to death. So uh that's pretty much the only reason why all five of them went. Agreed. 
if it was any other episode, Arrow by himself, Green Arrow by himself, Ollie would have been able to steal that. Yep. I'll give you that. Now, Felicity shows that she has, like, like this super guilt over not uh, being there for Ray. And whether it's warranted or not is a, is another story, but it was way too much in this story, this episode. And I don't know. It just, to me, was way over the top. Did we see the starts of the end of Felicity and Ollie, though? Obviously, by the end of the episode, they make up and they're fine. But these are threads that could be pulled, right? Yes. So... What if it's Felicity that's in that, that grave? We're going to come back to who, who's in the grave. I'm still with you that it's Detective Lance, but what if it's Felicity? If it was Felicity, then, you know, Barry would have felt heartbroken too because Ollie and Barry, I mean, uh, sorry, Felicity and Barry had that thing going on for a couple of episodes. Right. They, I mean, obviously he should he should have had more emotion towards it, but that would have been a big giveaway of who it was. So they might not they might have had the character or Grant. I'm sorry. They might have had Grant Gustin reel back on it. Oh, maybe. Fuck though. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I don't know if you know this, but Paul Blackthorne, who plays Detective Lance. Mm-hmm. Ha- did have a major character that he used to play. Uh, I want to say the show was in the late '90s, early 2000s, and he was none other than Harry Dresden from the Dresden Files. Uh, you know, it, it was a it's a sci-fi show about magic and all, uh, but it was a big character for him, and lots of people still know him as that. You know, so what I'm trying to get at is that that character, Harry Dresden, is all about magic. And the one line that Paul Bla- Paul Blackthorne delivers in this episode is, I don't understand any of this magic mumbo-jumbo you guys are talking about over here. And I cracked up. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, if the writers didn't do that purposely, then shame on them. But if they did it <laughs> on purpose, good for them. I'm happy. That was That was perfect. Yeah, that, to me, to be completely honest, uh, only because I didn't watch the show, that that line felt out of place for me. I and it, it might have. I guess that would make sense. You know, as a person that didn't know about uh, Paul's Paul Blackthorne's uh, previous role of being a, a magic user, that line would kind of seem weird and out of place. But it it was very hilarious to me and probably other fans that watch this show. So then we get. To the breakout, basically. The breaking out of Ray from Damien Dark's... Because that was the whole point. Paul Blackthorne had to go talk to Damien Dark so that the team could follow Damien back to wherever it is that he's hiding Ray. And th- now they've come up with the... They know where he's at. They come up with a plan. They have to bring Curtis along to assemble the the Ray gun, the resizing Ray on the on the fly while the mission is going so that they can uh, save the Atom. And uh, Felicity has decided that she can't just say Diggle's name over the intercoms because there's civilian around. And they give him a name. She gives him a name. She calls him Spartan. What did you think of that? This is Sparta. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, it had that 
reference of being, you know, uh, Sparta in the 300, and he's very much the warrior type character that would be in that movie. However, I think there's another little hidden reference in there because Diggle's first name is John. So if you put the two names together, John Spartan, John Spartan is the character from Demolition Man that Sylvester Stallone plays. Boom! Demolition Man! (laughs) (laughs) Thus, the Joker is Red Hood. Oh God! Why? Why? Did oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring that up. That's uh, that's terrible. But no, I did think it was funny. I think it was just a little. I mean, it was a good name to give him because he is a, a warrior type character. But I thought it was. I thought it might be a little funny in uh, joke, inside joke of calling him John Spartan. I just had to throw that out there. What do you think? Okay, so once they finally free uh, the Atom. Even though he's been held captive inside this little box for however long, he was almost killed by his own explosion, and uh, for the last six months he's been Miss MIA, he still is a very much a goofball. Like, he comes out and he's like, oh, that's funny, or, you know, what was the, it was some line that he said, and he's like, oh, I get that, you know, kind of, I get that reference kind of thing. It's just, he's a goofball. And I like that, you know, he is a complete goofball. It gives some light to the show. He does, but I think that's definitely left over from the whole he was supposed to be Ted Cord because Blue Beetle is more of a goofball like that. I don't ever see Ray Palmer the Atom being a goofball Yeah, I, yeah, I can see in that. the comic books. Oh, you know, I will say this too. Um, the actress who plays uh, Sarah, may, she may not be the best actress, but I was kind of... I thought it was pretty much upsetting that she didn't have a lot more dialogue or more screen time, um, you know, in this episode, especially after just being resurrected and after her not being crazy anymore. It's true. She is. Uh, I, I I think Katie Lotz is is a very good actress. I think uh, I've seen her in other things, and I think she's she's pretty good. But you're right. She didn't get to showcase herself that much in this episode, especially after a big life changing. Uh, situation that happened in the last episode, so I think they're they're saving most of it for Legends of Tomorrow. She's going to have to eventually. So she leaves uh, the group in this episode. She says she's going to go to Central City where she can hang out with her mom for a little while. We know that she's going to be in Legends of Tomorrow, so eventually she's going to hook up with Rip Hunter somehow, or she's going to get to be the White Canary. What whatever that means is she going to get. Are they going to bring white lantern rings in? Are they going to... Is she going to, you know, get some type of meta power? Who, who knows? It, it could be anything at this point. Maybe maybe the white canary is actually just black canary from Earth 2. It could be anything at this point. Yeah, I know. It could. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's where this episode ends. The very end of the episode is Damien Dark opening up this big box that he has and he says uh his his lackey says we got some of the technology that ray palmer was using um and we're left to see these i don't know some kind of schematics or some kind of design on this on the inside of this box that he's working on what is it you think he's making what do you think he's doing it has to be some some sort of weapon to you know wipe out the city wipe out the city i don't know we've done that the last two seasons last three seasons is all about wiping out the city 
Damien Dark has definitely said many times over that he wants to change the city. So, who knows? I, I, I don't know. What what could be happening with this, this device? It's obviously going to be something magical, but he's also integrating technology with it because that's why he needed Ray Palmer's tech. We'll have to see. Maybe he's making his own mother box. I don't know. You, I don't know. <laughs> what if next season in the Arrow we see new gods in Apocalypse? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> then the show, I think, might might go a really different direction if that happens. People are just like, uh, what's going on now? What happened? Wait, he's fighting Darkseid with arrows? I don't know about this. <laughs> Magic arrows. Magic arrows. There you go. Call Con John Constantine again. Use him. Use him more <laughs> than he did last time. Uh, anything else you want to say about this episode? I think I pretty much have everything on here everything all right. uh, i wrote down yeah. all right let's let's move on to the flash then this is at probably the what i've been wanting to talk about the most <laughs> this is what you want to talk about the most all right well the episode is called interzoom so we are getting some uh or at least we're being promised some in backstory or something about zoom in this episode but unfortunately, we don't get it till the almost very end. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was. It was a good payoff in the end. So the episode starts off with uh, what we see is Barry fighting a Dr. Light and losing. And then it skips to 72 hours earlier. And basically what ends up happening is um, they're talking to Linda in a holding cell, right? Right, they're talking to Earth 2 Linda in a holding cell, and he's explaining to her, you know, or trying to question her on what it was that she was supposed to do when, when, uh, or when she had defeated Barry. Because this is essentially the first meta or first person that Zoom has set after him that they've actually kept around. Because the other two they killed, and whatever <laughs> happened to King Shark, I don't know. So <laughs> I'm just gonna say he's uh, dead. Harrison Wells killed him. There you go. Okay, Harrison, <laughs> Harrison Wells from Earth Two killed King Shark. Uh, Barry killed Adam Smasher and Sand Demon. That's no, all we know. <laughs> and no remorse. <laughs> no remorse for their death <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, uh, what? Once again, you know, we're keeping secrets. Secrets are what make Central City move, I guess, because. Patty Spivet is not allowed to know what's going on with her partner or with Barry. And throughout the whole episode, she's getting more and more curious, which uh, is going to be definitely going to have something to do down the line. I said this last episode, she's going to throw a hissy fit about, oh, you didn't trust me and blah, blah, blah. What if I'm throwing out the what if? What if she turns out to be Zoom? Boom. No one saw that one coming. (laughs) We're all sexist. That's what it is. No one thinks that Zoom could be a girl. How do you... Never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that. We have uh, we have backstory into uh, Harrison Wells this time. Uh, we see a flashback between Harrison, Harrison Wells and his daughter. And her name is Jessie. And he gives her a nickname and says... You're, you're Jesse Quick. 
Are, are we happy? Is that was that what we're throwing around here? Are we throwing around a Jesse Quick superhero possible from Earth Two? I mean, obviously she doesn't have the same name. She's supposed to be Jesse Chambers, the daughter of Johnny Chambers, who's Johnny Quick in in uh, Earth One. But this is Earth Two. The rules can go out the window. We don't need to follow the comic book as as stringent. Exactly, and I caught that too. That's why I wrote it down, and that's actually a pretty cool reference. Um, he Harrison Wells says, "Shouldn't be you be in in school today?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm at, you know I'm in college now or something like that." She, yeah, she said she she graduated from high school when she was 15. She's in college. She can skip a day. She's pretty smart. Yeah, Basically, I was gonna say, we get it. You're smart. <laughs> yeah, you're a genius. All right, we got it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, and and it is college. You can skip a day. No one's keeping. Uh, attendance is she's she's gonna be okay, but she does head to head to school, and what happens when she gets to school? She, Zoom attacks. <laughs> Zoom attacks. She gets kidnapped, and you see uh, Harrison Wells calling her do- his daughter, and you know you just see this off on the screen, and he's like, "Holy crap, she's gone." <laughs> so yeah and that was weird the newscast like zooming in on a cell phone call and it just happens to be harrison <laughs> wells calling her his daughter and it says daddy on the phone and his picture and they're like oh we don't know who possibly could be the person the girl that was kidnapped but this is her cell phone <laughs> and that's harrison wells and it says daddy but we don't know who it could be Not i mean it'd be weird if it was someone else <laughs> um so then Patty Spivitt is coming up with all these theories on Dr. Light. And even though uh, Joe West is telling her, drop it. This isn't important anymore. You don't have to worry about Dr. Light. One of the things she says is that Dr. Light can manipulate the light around her to the point where she goes invisible. And right then, <laughs> Cisco is on his way to feeding uh, Linda Park from her too. And he thinks that she's not inside the containment unit. I'm sitting there screaming. He's a scientist. He should know these things. <laughs> he's he's a good scientist. He's pretty smart. But what's he do? He goes and he opens up the chamber, and she comes running out, run past him, knocks him over, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm a bonehead." What the other question though has to be is the whole point of the the cells down there is that the dampeners make it so that they can't use their powers. How did she use her power to get out? Oh my god, plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big plot hole. That's a hole that I could have drove the Mack truck from Gotham into. <laughs> <laughs> so other question, is she running around naked? Yes, she is most definitely running around naked because her <laughs> clothing is sitting in the, the the cell. So she's just traveling around Central City all naked like. Uh maybe she ends up at Linda Park's apartment, steals some of her clothes, but at this moment she's naked. Oh, just because I live in this apartment in Earth 2, she must live in the same apartment in Earth 1. Yes. <laughs> That's usually how it works, apparently. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, another thing we saw from the Earth 2 newscast was that uh, Robert Queen was the hood or the arrow in Earth 2, as, as opposed to Ollie, because Ollie died on the boat, boat trip instead of, instead of Robert. Yep, that gave me an orgasm when I heard that, just saying, throwing it out there. It's very, you know, it made me think of uh, Flashpoint, where Thomas Wayne lived and Bruce Wayne died, and Thomas Wayne becomes Batman. Yep. 
And that was fucking badass too. And Martha Wayne becomes a Joker. Yes, Martha Wayne did become the Joker, and that was crazy. But we have to wonder if that's a a hint at who Zoom is. Could it also be Henry Allen? Oh shit! That's really the, really good. The father became the hero, and this time the father became the villain. Who Holy knows? Shit. It's out there. It's out there in the ether. It's it's something that could happen. That's right. You're here <laughs> first on Geekly Radio. <laughs> That's right. Just keep tuning in to Televised Rooks every week. You'll get my great theories, and we'll see what happens. Oh, um, then then um, they agreed to use Linda uh, from Earth <laughs> One as bait, and target practice was hilariously awkward. <laughs> yes, Linda did uh, did her own job of uh, the Earth One. Linda ended up using uh, devices ma- that were made by Cisco to replicate Doctor Light's powers. And yes, she did not a good job in in training. But eventually, she uh, she got the handle handle of it enough that we could do the fight scene that we saw at the beginning of the first episode or the beginning of the episode. That looked like Barry was getting hurt, but in actuality, he's just acting, and not very well actually. Because when we come <laughs> to that fight scene, he the the blast goes past him, and he's like, "What? Oh, ow!" <laughs> Falls to the ground. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But before we get to that, Linda is having a bit, a little bit of a confidence problem. She doesn't know if she'll be able to do this, and uh, Barry basically comes in and he's still vibrating his voice and then he's like look i'm you're trusting me i have to trust you and what does he do daniel what does he do your biggest pet peeve he does not keep his secret identity a secret he doesn't keep his secret identity a secret he takes his mask off god damn it why do these heroes keep taking their masks off the people everybody gets to know the secret (laughs) <laughs> I thought the exact same thing too, though. It's ridiculous. I mean, how many people know who the Flash is in, in Central City now? <laughs> too many. That's how many. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is it going to be a Spider-Man Two thing? He's like, I won't tell if you won't tell. Oh, that's what they want you to believe. But <laughs> this is right now. Iris and Linda both know, and their their jobs are investigative reporters. I mean, how safe could that secret be? Not too safe. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Finally, Zoom shows up. He didn't fall for the fake fight. He eventually shows up, steals Linda Park again, the Linda Park from our Earth, and uh, Barry gets hears about hears about it from Iris, and he has to, he goes and tracks down Zoom. Linda gets away, and uh, the two of them begin to fight. Oh man, this fight was just so awesome. That's all <laughs> I gotta the, say. The, at the very beginning of the fight, uh, he runs. He runs, and uh, Harrison Wells even goes, "I can't believe it. He's running away. Why is he running away?" And Cisco says, "Oh, he's not running away. He's, he's gathering speed to throw his lightning bolts at him. <laughs> the bolt, the the thunderbolt that we saw earlier that that uh, Jay Garrick taught him how to how to do to throw lightning." And what does Zoom do? He fucking catches it. <laughs> he catches it and throws it right back in Barry's face. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe it. 
I couldn't believe that he was able to do this. It was uh, pretty pretty intense. So yeah. from that point, it's pretty much uh, well. They it's pretty much Zoom having the upper hand on Barry from that point. Uh, yeah. At one point, they eventually start running. Barry starts running up, up a, a skyscraper, and Zoom is following him. And Cisco has to inform uh, the other scientist. Uh, Caitlin Snow that the reason he's doing this and basically it's so that we as the audience understand what's going on but he is informing the other scientist I mean you could inform Joe Joe's not a scientist he wouldn't know what any of this <laughs> stuff is but he's they're going up so that they can eventually start falling and they hit terminal velocity where the both of them are falling to the same rate instead of at super speed and and uh, they'll be on more equal footing of, for the fight or Barry would be however Barry doesn't know how to fight. No one's ever <laughs> no one's ever really taught Barry how to fight. He knows how to run really fast and he knows how to throw a punch from a mile away so that eventually when it gets contact it's 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 a big a big boom, but when he's falling to earth, he's not it's not what you can do. Nope. No. Not at all. <laughs> I, I got to say uh, that fall uh, during that free fall he got his ass kicked. Speaking of falls, I will throw this out there and let the butt hurt begin. But Barry <laughs> did a good job rescuing Linda when she was falling off the building without snapping her neck. I'm talking to you, Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Peter Parker. He, he could learn a thing or two from Barry. That's how you catch somebody without snapping their neck. <laughs> Uh yeah no that's true that he was he was smart in that way he created a cushion of wind that uh, caught Linda instead of uh, basically just running down the building and and snagging her up and possibly causing injury to her but we've seen him do that to other people so I don't think it would have been that big a difference um yeah so but right after that Zoom gets the ultimate upper hand and there you hear a Bone-crushing punch to Barry's spine. He banes oh. him. <laughs> <laughs> he straight up baned the Flash. Crushed his spine. And now uh, Zoom is carrying him around like a rag doll from place to place. And I think it was very, very uh, telling of the places that he went. Because the first place he went was to the newspaper where Iris was. And I was very much like, oh, he's going to unmask Barry right here in front of everybody at the newspaper. I thought the exact same thing. But he didn't. He didn't. He said, look, this guy is not a god. He is not your savior. I have defeated him. I am going to do whatever I want with him. And then they go to the next place. The next place that they go is to, they go to the police precinct. And all the cops are like, oh my god, there he is. Start shooting at him. They start shooting at him. He catches all the bullets and he gives another little monologue and he's like this guy is is the flash is done for i'm zoom i'm the one in charge and then the last place he goes to is uh back to star labs where all of barry's friends are and if you look at it he went he went to a place the place where barry's love is then he went to the place where barry's father is and then he went to the place where barry's friends are who would know such things about barry his, other than barry his dad no his it would be barry 
Oh, yeah, Very sorry. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you can say dad. That's fine. I, I'm just saying, in my opinion, the person that Zoom is is Barry. It, yes, there's a difference in size. Uh, Zoom is obviously much more muscular and more uh, uh, bigger than Barry is. Uh, but if you read the comic books, we have um, Wally West has two kids, uh, one girl, one boy. And this is pre-New 52. They both share their connection to the Speed Force. And the son is able to manipulate his mass, his muscle mass, with the Speed Force. To the point where he looks muscular. So why not this Barry, using the Speed Force, make himself buffer? Hmm. That's a good theory. It so could that's work. That, that could work. So I think that's that's where my ultimate theory is. I mean, yes, I've thrown out that it could be Barry's dad. Yes, I've thrown out that it could be Patty Spivet. But I think really it could be it, the the other the Zoom could be Barry. Why else would Barry uh, the Zoom want to kill Barry and steal his speed? Because he is Barry. He wants to be the only Barry. He wants to be the fastest Barry. So the the plan was eventually to get zoom to come to our world and uh Harrison Wells was going to shoot him with this device that was going to zap him of his speed and when Harrison Wells takes the shot zoom catches the dart he catches the dart and says don't you know i'm the fastest man alive and then he takes the dart and he plunges it right into Barry's chest which was Awesome. And so brutal. at that at that point, we kind of see we uh, they're looking at the monitors that are usually hooked up to Barry's uh, biometrics, and he says, uh, "Look, Barry, uh, his speed is going. He's 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 being da- he's being hurt. He's losing so his speed. He's losing his speed. Barry is going to lose his speed. But after all this, uh, Cisco gets the drop on Zoom when they're in Star Labs. He is able to shoot Zoom in the back of the, the neck with the dart, and uh, it doesn't quite work the way it's supposed to because Zoom speeds away. Whether or not there's going to be a delay in the in the serum working or not is another story, but uh, Barry is pretty beat up, and he is sitting in a hospital bed. And uh, what's-her-face, um, Caitlin says, if you wasn't for the fact that you have super healing or uh, sp- speed force healing... I'd be a lot more worried. Uh, but what's the big reveal? He totally goes Professor X and goes, I can't feel my legs. Guys. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so that's where we leave it. We leave it with uh, Barry is 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 crippled, kind of. He's He can't feel his legs from the waist down. We'll have to see what's going to happen next. What did we? What happened in the kind of post-credit scene? That was a post-credit scene. That was the post-credit scene. Yeah, there's. I don't know what I was talking about after that. <laughs> so there you go. That, that that's the Flash this week. A lot of interesting things. We got to see Zoom. We got to see Zoom in action. We got to see Barry fight Zoom and not do so well. And just last. Thing out there, uh, Linda and Zoom shared an awesome moment from Alien. That is true. He is creepy too. Fucking yeah. Zoom, and that mask is fucking creepy. And Cisco even said it best. He grabbed it with his demonic hand. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that was that was pretty cool. So yeah, this is a foe. This is a foe for for Barry like no none other. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens next. Same here, but I I think this upcoming week's episode is going to be pretty slow. I could be wrong, but it has to deal with Gorilla Grodd. Gorilla Grodd will be next week's episode. So we'll, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Barry looks like he's in he's in a wheelchair. He's kind of pulling the new. He's the new Harrison Wells from last season. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so on to my two minute Agents of Shield, and I'll try and make it as quick as possible because we're going really long in this episode so far. We have Agents of Shield. Everybody know, or not everybody knows, but we as an audience know that uh, Doctor Andrew or Professor Andrew Garner is, is Lash killing other Inhumans. He is stuck inside. Uh, or he's not stuck inside, but they are inside uh, the Shield headquarters with him, and this is what's gonna, you know, what's gonna, what it, what, what's gonna happen in this episode? Can Agent May get back in time to stop him from killing other people? Most importantly, maybe kill uh, Quake Daisy. Daisy could get killed because he's killing other Inhumans. We find out that uh, Garner went. They went on him and Agent May went on a honey a Hawaiian trip to uh, try and rekindle their romance. Uh, when he came back, they he was going through some old books that um, were part of the Inhumans books, and inside was kind of a booby trap that was set to uh, go off if anybody was snooping through her stuff. And the the Terrigan Miss went on him. And if it was somebody else, if it was someone that didn't have an inhuman gene, they would have turned to stone and, and died. But someone with an inhuman gene gets their powers. So his power is to change into this killing beast. He's almost a Hulk-like character. He's super strong. He has a kind of bio blast to come out of his hand, so that's different. But he's also full of rage. Um, we find out that May didn't tell anybody. He, she didn't. She wants to keep it a secret so that... She can uh, help Andrew because she doesn't want him to get killed. Lincoln basically calls out to Mac, which is the weirdest thing, but he's the first one to put it together that someone inside S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually Lash. Uh, He puts it together that Lash knew certain things that only another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent could learn or could know, so they have to put it together who it was. Lincoln, in his fight scene with Lash does a Hadouken, basically. <laughs> I mean, he his power is electrical and in, in, in uh power set, but he literally does the pullback, build up, and then shoot out with both hands. I was like, I was I was laughing. I thought it was <laughs> that hilarious. Is awesome. <laughs> Daisy saves Rosalind's life. That was a big part of the storyline because the two of them were having fundamental uh, dis- uh, disagreements on what, the- what to do with Inhumans. Rosalind is all about putting them into this uh, stasis-like scenario, whereas uh, Daisy is talking about, no, we need to help them as much as we can, and uh, the two of them don't see eye to eye. But Daisy ends up saving Rosalind and realizes that her friend, Professor Gardner, would benefit from being in the stasis uh, because she, he wouldn't be out there killing people, and they might be able to find a cure for him. And then uh, 
Rosalind sees that not all of the Inhumans are bad because Daisy is an Inhuman that saved her. She used her power for good. So that's basically what we got to see in this episode. Uh, Coulson and, and Rosalind hook up. They literally go to a hotel room and get it on, if you know what I mean. And you said it wasn't <laughs> going to happen. I said it wasn't going to happen, but it did. So yeah, I mean, the two of them see each other's way. They're able to stop uh, Professor Gardner and put him, uh, lock him away for a little while. We'll we'll have to see where the rest of the season plays out. We saw a little bit more with uh, Fitz and Simmons, but not too much. This, this episode was mostly about May having to deal with the fact that the person that she loves is doing terrible things and what she's going to do with that. So it all pays out in the end, and that is my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. two-minute. I think I actually kept it to two minutes this time. Actually, it wasn't that bad. It seemed really interesting. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good episode overall. Um, definitely a lot of payoff for what we've seen in this season so far. And it's setting up for more of what the ATCU and uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. are going to do to work with each other or work against each other. But let's get on to... The star of our show, that's not us, The Walking Dead. (laughs) The Walking Dead. Okay, so this episode was in a string of very great episodes. Probably the weakest one so far this season, I thought. I would have to give it to you. Obviously, it's a filler episode. You know, I mean, I I wouldn't go as far as that. I mean, it has a lot of great building for characters in Alexandria. Uh, characters that we don't really know about yet and probably don't really care about for good reason, but we do have to deal with them. So we see a lot of Deanna in this episode and what she's going through. We see a lot of uh, her son in this episode and what he's going through. Uh, what the other people in this city that or this town that is not the group that we know are having to deal with since this is the first time they've ever really had any type of turmoil. They've had. This is the first time they've had to fight. This is the aftermath of the wolves coming in and and destroying their place, their way of life. And everybody placing the blame. They're like, "Oh, everything went to shit ever since Rick came in here." Right. That's it's very true. But it was it was Aaron's uh, photos that led them back to led the wolves back to Alexandria. It was uh, one of the the other guys' faults for not closing the doors properly it was uh uh you know whatever other reason and then we have a horde of a huge horde of uh zombies surrounding alexandria just pounding at the walls and they say it's probably 10 to 20 deep uh around the 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 city itself the neighborhood itself so they they hear them out there just clawing away at the walls and Rick's like, you know what? We're not going to take none of this shit. What we're going to do, we're going to turn off all the lights. You know, you're going to be quiet. You're not going to talk until they leave. That's right. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's, he, once again, a Rick Tatorship. Rick has to come in and tell these people how they need to live. And as soon as they, he he's puts down these rules, they come out and they're like, oh, we're going to start raiding the, the food locker and stealing stuff from the town that we live in with everybody else and the voice of reason is deanna's son at this very moment 
because the lady that's in charge of the food can't seem to keep anybody in in line. So she he's sitting there like, look, I was out there. I was I shot the the guy driving the truck so that he didn't bust down the wall. I did what I could do to save these people. What were you doing? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We are a bunch of douchebags. We can't <laughs> seem to take care of ourselves. Okay, we'll put the food back. And then he goes right along and steals the food that he was trying to save. What a dick move. <laughs> and his explanation is funny. He's like, well, yeah, I didn't want them to steal it because I was going to take it. If, if they take it, then there's not going to be anything left for me. <laughs> Spencer, are you drunk? <laughs> Probably. I've been drinking. <laughs> so uh, this is the development that we're trying to have for Spencer, this development we're trying to have for Deanna. Deanna uh, eventually, finally, you know, takes it upon herself to try and do something. She is uh, looking at the blueprints of Alexandria and thinking of what she can do to make the place better, even though there are zombies surrounding the place right now. Uh she has marked out areas that are going to be for growing stuff and what they're going to grow. And uh, she's trying to take charge again, which is good because that's what uh, they need. They need Deanna and they need Rick. They need a person that's going to keep them ready and on, on the, on the keep their eye on the ball for right now. And then they need the person that's going to show them the way of the future, the way to make a better life for everybody down the road. Uh, um, and I really like the plan that she laid out. And then, Besides her trying to take take charge, what ends up happening to her? She gets attacked. <laughs> she gets Is that attacked. what you're going for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was there was a wolf that was uh, probably after the end of the attack was dying underneath a house somewhere. Uh, so he didn't die right away, but he eventually did die. And when she, when he did, he turned, came right for her. She had the the box of groceries that Spencer had stolen. Gets knocked out of her hands. She takes a broken bottle and just starts wailing on the zombie's chest with a broken bottle. Did nobody tell her to stab him in the head? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you also have to take into account that Deanna is probably like five foot four. And the zombie (laughs) is probably around six foot two. So she's stabbing at the area that she can reach. Yeah, eventually he, uh, she gets him down on the ground and you know goes for the head. But I think it was more about taking out some of the frustration that she had on this zombie. This is her having to finally get it out of her system that she's ready to to do what needs to be done. And that played out really, really well too with her taking out her frustration. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, th- this might show. Uh, some people might say that this shows that she's not fit to be. A leader of this group she doesn't she still doesn't understand what she needs to do to get things to to survive in this world but then other people say that she's finally getting it she knows what what uh she's going to need to learn so that she can be a better leader in a world that it what it is like now uh we'll, we'll have to see what eventually happens with her character more i think so the other part of this storyline this episode though is is about Maggie. Maggie having to tr- wanting to get back to Glenn or find Glenn, just so she could tell tell her the the little secret she's been hiding, the secret that I think every audience member knew. <laughs> <laughs> she is Preggers. Yep, it's as clear as purple crayon. 
she she is having a little uh, Glenn Maggie baby, and uh, she wants to tell him that in case in case he is dead or dying. Yep. So like, just so you know, you're gonna be a father, even though you're gonna die. Okay, you can die now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Aaron tells her that there's a way to get past the, the walkers without actually having to go through the gates and walk through them. Uh, take some of the sewer line out uh, past them. And uh, eventually, after g- coming across a few dead people or walkers in the sewer that were very much grody and sogging and disgusting i was almost positive they were going to die down there uh they make it to an opening that is kind of behind the walkers that are at the gates but maggie finally comes to her senses which is great and tells aaron no we can't go it'd be a bad decision we need to stay where it's safe if glenn is dead then glenn is dead but i will you know maybe i'll see him again later i need to stay put yep all I gotta say though, before we go any further, is the sewer zombies looked amazing. They were. They were pretty. They were pretty awesome. Uh, it, it, this show does a great job with uh, their special effects every week, in and out. And these these ones were uh, uh, were top notch. So uh, it was it was pretty incredible to see. Oh, uh, what what do you think is Ron is playing at, man? That's one of the biggest things that kept going through my head throughout this episode. Uh, I think because he feels uh, that Carl stole his girl, <laughs> so to say, he's going to steal Carl's dad. So the idea is uh, befriend uh, Rick, te- let Rick teach him how to fight or how to shoot, and uh, eventually he can turn the gun on Rick and Carl because he... He still has that hatred towards Rick for killing his father. I don't. I don't care what the kid says. He's he's gonna be a he's a bad apple. He didn't fall <laughs> far from that porch dick tree. <laughs> you heard that, Chris Hardwick? We're using your term, porch dick. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what he does. I I mean, obviously he he doesn't he doesn't have any love for Carl. And he, he wants to he wants to do something bad. I agree. Um, you know, I like the speech that um, I can't remember who gave it, but the line was, "This is what life looks like now. This is what we got to you know. This is what we got to do. This is how we have to react." It was towards the end of the episode because that's where it's placed on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's and it's true. That's this is what we have to do. This is how we have to act now. And and that's and that's the theme of this season basically. It seems like these people of Alexandria have to learn that this is a new world and this is how what we have to do to survive. This is how we have to act. And uh I think it's 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 very it's a very good lesson for them to learn. What I really want to do, what I really want from this season, before uh, once this mid-season ends, because I don't know how the second half of the season is going to be, I want someone to come up with a, a timeline infograph of where everything is happening in relation to the other things. Since we're very much having everything happen within the same moment, but at three different points in the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Three different groups or four different groups. I want to know... Uh, in correlation to Glenn being thrown off the 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 
dumpster if how long after uh, Morgan showed up at Alexandria to help. You know, I want I want a I want a def- timeline of when all these things happen. I would love to see that. That'd be pretty interesting. I'm pretty sure it will be up there soon. Some super nerd will make that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Some some super nerd will get there. Uh, and and I will be happy to, to look over that and then pick it apart and say that this person is wrong because that's what <laughs> we do. <laughs> I was to say it seems like Rick is finally getting lucky. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that did that love that. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's it's uh, a kiss that's being developed over uh, a situation that's not very good for either one of them. So it's not going to be a relationship that lasts. I don't think, but. If eventually he finally gets to he finally got some the, to to do the lip lock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I, I I don't know how much more of of that we're gonna be able to to deal with because like as we said this is the world we live in that's not something that that should be a priori- priority for Rick right now he's got two kids to look after and a bunch of other friends that he needs to take care of. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see where, where that goes. I guess, but you know, to quote Selena Gomez, the heart wants what it wants. Okay. You cannot be on the show anymore. <laughs> it's not allowed. <laughs> that is strike two. For... Wait, how, how did I get a second strike? I, I don't know. I just, I just know you, you, if you quote Selena Gomez <laughs> on the Televised Heroics podcast, you get two strikes. I'm sorry. The third strike comes, and I'm gonna—you're gonna get booted. I'm sorry, it's just gonna happen. Oh come on, somebody will like that. I hope. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, yeah, is there anything else about this episode we have to go with? I mean, obviously, with Maggie being pregnant, that's gonna bring on all its own uh, problems. Just like we saw what happens when when Lori was pregnant, giving birth in the zombie apocalypse. Is not good for your health. <laughs> uh, I mean, she gave she gave birth in a prison with no real doctor around. Uh, hopefully, this girl that doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really know much about being a doctor can help uh, birth this baby. But we'll we'll have to see what what that means for for Maggie. It's gonna be a terrible C section. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it will be the it will be the uh, the savior baby. It will be have the it will be the baby that has the cure inside it for zombieism. <gasps> bam, bam, bam. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, anything else you want to say about this episode? No, I think we got it all. <laughs> I think we got it all plus some. Yeah. This is the supersized episode with the the McDonald's apple pie on the side. It had we got to be a lot of talk. <laughs> we got to be what now? Also, it had to be. It's episode ten. Episode ten. Oh, there you go. We we made it to episode ten. That's uh, it's it's a it's a milestone, people. A milestone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything anything else you want to say about anything else? It doesn't have to be about Walking Dead. No. No? Okay. I, I We posted it on our website. We posted it on our Facebook. We have to say congratulations to Ramon Garcia for winning our hashtag Geek Elite Zombies contest from Halloween. 
He gave the best uh, zombie moan, I guess, <laughs> with his own little twist at the end. It was pretty hilarious. If you haven't watched it yet, go to our Facebook uh, or go to our website and you'll see it. It's 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 pretty good. I, you deserve to win. So congratulations, Ramon. Agreed. Congratulations, Kenser. <laughs> Uh, so if that's all we have to say, I would say that uh, check us out on Facebook, Geek Elite Radio. Uh, go to our website, geekeliteradio.com. Check us out on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio. Definitely you know, go to Stitcher, go to iTunes, download our, web- our episodes. Uh, check out the other four different podcasts we have going on. And you know, give us a listen if you don't already. If you have anything to say, we have a forum on our website that you can sign up for. And uh, always, as always, we we love to talk back to our audience. Uh, we will hit you up on Facebook if you have something to say to us and, and Twitter. And that's where you can always find me is Twitter. I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat. And Daniel is Daniel Barroso. If you if you search for him, you can you can find him. Uh, he doesn't like to say his at twitter name it's at daniel von helvet but uh too he doesn't like saying that so <laughs> it's not too complicated i have a complicated one so it's okay uh go and find us on on twitter friend us follow us we'll follow you back we'll definitely have something to talk about but if that's all for today and we have nothing else to say until next time geek out we now return you to your regularly scheduled program <laughs>